What's going on, everybody? This is Jerome Moore, host and creator of Deep Dish Conversations. And firstly, I want to say thank you for all of support and thank you for exploring the perspectives of social change with me on this platform. I want to encourage you all to like, subscribe, and follow us on YouTube and on your favorite podcast listening platform. And make sure you give us a five-star rating if you're loving the Deep Dish Conversations. I appreciate all of the support again. I hope you all enjoy this episode. This is Deep Dish Conversations, a series in which I, Jerome Moore, sits down with prominent figures in Nashville, Tennessee to talk about social issues over amazing deep dish pizza. Deep Dish Conversations models how to have conversations about deep issues around racism, housing, policing, poverty, and more. Plus, you will get an idea for where to get your next slice of pizza from. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy Deep Dish Conversations. What's going on, everybody? This is your host and creator of Deep Dish Conversations, Jerome Moore, and we're back with another amazing episode of Deep Dish Conversations. And if you ain't noticed, all of these episodes are amazing, so I just put that in there because, you know, it sounds good. But we have with us today for this episode, Jorge Salas Diaz, a community organizer with Workers' Dignity, an amazing organization here in Nashville, which we're going to learn a lot more about in a few seconds. But uh, me and Jorge originally met at a, a Sunrise movement. Do you remember That's that? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knew wow. everything that would happen <laughs> after that? And I think, like, and so I had, I had just returned back from China. That's right. In October, and I was just kind of getting back, like, integrated in the city and like organizing mm-hmm. and kind of mm-hmm. see what's going on and end up ru- uh, running into Jorge and um, some of your other peers there and just had a good conversation and you know when you just meet somebody uh, that just got good energy um, and just got good vibes you know you just mean well man and like I just knew right then that you were just like a, a good person um, didn't know if you you know was uh you know uh, criminal or anything, but I knew you was a good person. <laughs> I knew you was a good criminal if you was, but no, man, Jorge is a really good guy. Uh, and I'm excited for people to learn more about you, man, and the work that you do. Um, and more in particular with the immigrant and, and, and the refugee, the Latinx community here in Nashville, which is thriving, is growing. Uh, but man, like, like, like other minority populations can be overlooked sometimes, right? And so, man, I'm excited. Uh, how you feeling, man? I'm good, Jerome. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, Nashville is a small town, so right. I, I hear about you from here. I hear about you from there, but <laughs> hopefully, they we, good we, things, we, we man. haven't sat down to talk in a while. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, man. And um, I think I was trying to get you on last season. Yeah, and yeah, then it yeah, didn't work out. Oof. But last, we back, su- last we summer, two. man. Yeah, last yeah, summer. Yeah. But we back with season two, man. Bigger and better, man. Uh, and I hope you enjoy this. You got the OMG pizza. And so, yeah. yeah, so, you know, we, we advocate pizza for breakfast here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Jorge, man, can you can you tell us a little bit about your role at Workers' Dignity um, and kind of what you do and, and kind of, you know, the impact uh, that they have here in Nashville? Yeah, 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 for sure. So, Workers' Dignity has been doing grassroots organizing for 11 or so years. Okay. But we're at a point where... Our work is the most exciting mm-hmm. that, that I felt like in my organizing life for a while. Like mm-hmm. I'm really, really excited. We're trying to create a multiracial base. We're doing a, a, a power analysis that that I think is, is very, very important. And just, man, just being in that room with those conversations has been incredible. Uh, but yeah, so we're working to unite the people who are traditionally left out 
of political spaces, right. of uh, of uh, uh, labor movement spaces. So, um, you know, we always talk about who are your people, right? And, and so, uh, in, in our in in our, in our organizing home, uh, workers' dignity, we have uh, the construction campaign because our people are construction workers. We have our uh, the, the Black Nashville Assembly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have uh, uh, and we have several programs as well. We have a radio. We have uh, um, and and the program that I've been focusing on recently is uh, uh, we call it Workers Nights. Okay. So workers that uh, have had their wages stolen, that have mm-hmm. had an accident in the in the workplace. Right. You know how the laws here in Tennessee are designed. But I mean, Governor Lee is a cons- is a construction developer, right. right? So so he's the one figuring out workers' comp right. and all those laws, and, and so the laws are not on the side of the worker, and, and and these are workers that traditionally have been left out of the of the labor movement. Mm-hmm. So what we're trying to do is, uh, and what we're doing effectively, and have been doing it for a while, is uh, is is building power. Uh, in those areas right and, and, and that's that's our bread and butter and that that's what I'm focusing on right now uh, wage theft and 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 people that have been injured at the workplace and and we're not lawyers we right. don't go through the court we believe that the power is in the workers right and that's how we do things man that's whoo that's that's amazing man and workers dignity get busy like, yeah. like they will show up at your house they will show up at your job place they 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 get busy and so for people who may not understand man like so what what is like a typical like protocol or process if one of you um a construction worker comes to you out and say hey you know i'm not getting paid my fair wage or you know, I'm not getting the workers' conversation because I was injured on the site. Like, how? What is that process like? Um. So, or if y'all hear about like like an an employer just just not being fair to the workers. And you know, we got people that so our workers' nights are on Thursdays, mm-hmm. and people just come. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, if a worker comes and says. Uh, Hey, I was not paid. My uh, my wages are owed. First, we do an intake. Okay. We you like figure out what's going on, you know, cuz like you got to get the facts straight and the construction industry is very complicated. I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you have a, a, a worker working for a subcontractor who's mm-hmm. working for a contractor who's working for a general contractor. Right. So first is uh, figuring out what's really going on. Right. And, and trying to to understand who has the power to pay that worker. Right. And it's not always the sub 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 subcontractor here. Right. So our power analysis is. Yo, this contractor that paid a contractor, that paid a subcontractor, that paid a sub subcontractor. <laughs> right. That dude right. is responsible right. for everyone working on that site. Right. Because the reason why that structure st- exists right. is so you don't have to make yourself responsible. Right. right. There's a million little companies that come in. And, and, and work and then they skip town and don't pay the workers right and, and that's why construction is so cheap right here in, in Nashville yeah man the the, the amount of, of codes uh, of uh, of regulations that that they skip in the process is is terrible 
So this dude all the way to the top is benefiting from the work of the little guy. Right. And then it's gaslighting them. Right. It's like, oh, it's not my responsibility that they didn't pay you. Right. No, it is because it's a structure right. that you created that facilitates wage theft. Cool. We got the most important part, the pizza. Yeah. So I was saying you have the general contractors telling the workers that it's not their responsibility mm -hmm. that they get their wages stolen. But then they benefit from the from from the cheap prices that are only possible because of wage theft. Mm -hmm. So what we do uh, is we do public pressure campaigns, and definitely our uh, our largest one is uh, um, Armando's campaign, Armando Sate. You should have Armando here. He's uh, he's hardcore. Armando, come on, Armando's man. hardcore. Come on, Armando. <laughs> But, uh, you know, Armando was uh, um, doing the um, uh, doing construction at the, him and his crew were doing construction at the Vanderbilt Divinity School okay. back in 2019. And uh, they, they owed him something ridiculous, like, like $70,000, something wow. like that. Vanderbilt did. Uh, or the contractors the, were Vanderbilt. The, the, the subcontractor. Okay. Yeah. And um, uh, what, what ended up happening in that case is like, who has the power to pay Armando, right? right? That's usually not that like the dude that hired him, right? I, I mean, in that case, we went to to the to the top, the the general contractor who's still pulling funny shit everywhere, right? Um, and uh, and to Vanderbilt. And, right. and, you know, Vanderbilt, uh, a lot of students put pressure, a lot of administration put pressure on Vanderbilt right. to pressure this, this company to, 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 to get Armando his money. Mm -hmm. And it worked there. Then uh, uh, they had the same issue, and they had uh, Armando and his crew had a, a pending payment for some uh, um, cement work in, at McMurray Middle School. Uh, which which is a Metro Nashville public schools, right? Uh, you know, and and that's still going on. That that was also like very large amount of money. Um, and, and you know, Armando paid his crew, right. and like for that he had to like pawn everything, wow. even his car. Wow. Um, and so, and him and PS still hasn't compensated him. Uh, no, no, it's it's, it's still a battle. It's, it's still a battle. Uh, Speaking I, of battle, where is the house? Where is Dr. Battle? Dr. Battle. <laughs> oh, yeah, no pun intended. No pun intended. No pun intended. What, so, what is, like, so, what is Dr. Battle's position on this? Or has she made any kind of official statement about this? You know, there's several people at MNPS that want to help Armando. Right. Uh, Dr. Battle. Okay. The, uh, uh, the, the board. Right. There, there are some people on the board that want to help him. There are others that don't. Uh, but we haven't seen progress. Right. So. How long has this been going on? 2019. This has been happening since 2019. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So if you all really do mean that you want to help Armando. Get them paid. Right, right. Yeah. It's like it's you know it's, it's a middle school that is that is a majority 
uh, immigrant, right. black, indigenous, and Latinx. And those kids are just walking on top of, of uh, you know, like stolen cement. Right. And, and what, what's that teaching them? That could be, the, you know, like their parents work construction. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a lot of them. Right. Uh, like a lot of them experience, uh, a lot of their parents experience wage theft. And, you know, it's just, just a rough reality for, for the kids. Right. Uh, but um, that, that's, been, uh, that's been really like shows like how these like public pressure campaigns can really build power right uh even if uh, if you know like we we're still fighting that that case right uh, it's generated a right. lot of, of of power in our base right uh and, and uh, that's another thing like all of these uh, uh campaigns are worker led right so uh, uh, you know uh, the 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 board the of of education the national board of education was like oh armando like they're manipulating you wow. <laughs> <We're> like, <laughs> They don't really know right. that is Armando running this shit. <laughs> right, right. Like Armando says where we go. Armando right. calls the shots. Armando right. picks the the targets. Right. You know, like we do talk about it because right. we're, we're we move as a group. Right, right. Uh, like we move as a community. As organizers do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's Armando calling the shots. Right, as he and, should. And, yeah. and I think that's what's like most inspiring, inspiring to me about uh, workers' dignity. Mm-hmm. Like we really, really center the the worker. Right. You know, we we right. uh, we don't take that uh, agency away. We don't say we're here to save you. We're right. here to call the shots. It's like we're here to give space. Right. For you to do all of that. Right. And, and you know that works because there's more workers right. that, that are there to support. Right. If it's just you know like me and another organizer at an action, nothing happens. Right. It's 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 really the workers. Right. The people that are being affected the most. Mm-hmm. That's as right. It, as it should be in organizing and, and building power within those communities. And so, if you're not available, or if you're if you're sick, or if you're out of town, or what have you, things can still move on because. As an organizer, you know your your job is to promote leaders, develop mm-hmm. your leaders, encourage mm-hmm. leadership within the people in the community, man. And like I said, workers dignity they get busy. <laughs> they ain't, <laughs> there's no playing around, and they will show up at your front door, uh, literally. Um, if 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 harm is being put on the people that you all are trying to advocate for, man. It's it's so man, it's so much. Ah, this is really deep. This I, I like. Cause I'm learning a lot while I'm exploring and kind of what workers need to do too. But especially mm-hmm, from just like mm-hmm. wage stuff and things like that, because I don't think many people understand how like how frequent this is. You know, especially yeah. if you're not in it, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And, and most people say, man, how can people steal money from you, like from your job? But it's happening every day. And so, man, if, for those that are watching right now. What are some ways, I guess, that they could support or Armando or another person that is being affected by um, wage stuff or something in construction or something just, you know, labor laws in general? Um, I think the first step is uh, send us a Facebook message. Okay. Um, Workers Dignity, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. All right. Uh, hit up those DMs. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for real though, like, 
Yo, that's that's how I started. Right. I, you know, I was like, this is really cool. Right. Right. Let, let me see. Let right. me see how I can how I can, you know, be a part of it. Right. And that's another really cool thing about workers' dignity. Our class analysis is, you know, this movement is for everyone. Right. Like, like, outside of the capitalist class, if you work for a living, right, then you're working class. Right. Uh, now we do center people who who are excluded from that. Right. You know, like like uh, indigenous people, black people, right, Latinx people, and those that are most affected. Right. By capitalism. Right. But uh, you're working class. You have a home. You right. have a home at Workers' Dignity, or you can't have one. You can't have one. Man, I wanna. I think you brought up a good point, which I'm curious in. How did you get started in this work, man? What inspired you to get in organizing and wanted to build power in community? That's that's a great question. Uh, so I think I started uh, I started reflecting on on theories of change, really, uh, like 2019, 2020. Um, because I didn't have clarity, like you know, I, I I knew in my heart that I wanted to do good, right? Um, uh, which is a, a, a liberal thing to say, right? <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm I gonna do, do good. good. Yeah, right. <laughs> I want to be. A, I want to do good. I want to help people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, when I started working uh, in in advocacy roles and uh, um, uh, helping do. Uh, policy helping do case management because mm -hmm. you know like like the bulk of my professional career has been like like uh like relatively low wage like case management work at, at a, a non-profit right and you know like then i started thinking okay so i'm a case manager i'm like helping these uh, uh, at the time I was uh, uh, helping people that had uh, uh, housing issues. Mm -hmm. um, I'm helping people who have who are tenants who are being evicted, or I'm helping people who need to file bankruptcy. But it's just overwhelming. The amount of people that keep coming to you right. is is far more than than like the organizations here in town are prepared to help. Right. And no wonder, right? Because it's not addressing the the root cause of these issues. Right. And so then I was like, I need to get into systemic work. Mm. And and I went to to do what I thought was systemic work, uh, like through policy. Right. And through uh, through other means, through electoral means. Right. Uh, and uh, and I realized that through electoral means, but I meant more like top-down electoral strategies. Right. And and that that still faced some of those issues where where you're you're the one here helping the little people here. Right. And, and at the end of the day, it's misguided because you have no leverage. Right. Uh, I mean, if you're a policy person, no trying to talk shit. We need we need good policy people, right? Because I I mean, like you're a, you're a grassroots organizer. You don't necessarily have all the knowledge about what's going inside, right? We right. need someone with eyes there, right? Right. Exactly. But just policy is just begging, man. Right. Like you don't you don't have leverage, especially in a state like Tennessee that right. is so extremely fascist. <sighs> 
you don't have is preempted anyway. So yeah. So and, and what's what's the leverage of the workers, their labor? Right. And and that deeply resonated with me. Uh, you know, if uh, I dream, man, I dream. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow we have three radical unions, and and we have. Uh, uh, the the uh, uh, service workers downtown, right. and and the medical workers at Vanderbilt Medical right. Center, right. and uh, uh, the the uh, construction industry wide right. uh, uh, group that mm -hmm. that is you know like a, a, a radical union. It doesn't matter who's in city council. It right. doesn't matter who's in the state. We say. You're gonna change the zoning law, and we're gonna shut down the city. Right. And and, and I think that that's what we're working towards. Right. It's it's a uh, it's uh, a modest start, and you know, like this is not to say that we're married to a specific type of organizing. Right. Right. Um, because um, there are other means to achieve that. Right. It doesn't right. have to be a union. Yeah. But but it has to be people power right it, it and, has and, to and multiple methods can all exist at one time you know mm -hmm. and so which i think is necessary you know i agree yeah and so no no but i'm also on the mindset of like the powers and the people and you know i personally don't have much faith <laughs> in um in in, in government yeah uh, the same people that kind of perpetuate the harm of people to also fix their problem um yeah that 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 generally doesn't happen uh or it doesn't happen rapidly and so it takes you know radical movements uh which may not even really be radical but just necessary like movements to happen where the people really just put their foot down and like it's more of us than them um at For the end sure. of the day always to really just say okay like we, we we're just not gonna go to work we just we're gonna just stop building or we just not gonna like kids are just not gonna go to schools until Armando get paid like those type of things i just think for for government and government officials to take the people serious like those are the limps we must be willing to go in my opinion and when i look at worker dig when i look at workers dignity and the things that you all do like i'm gonna keep saying this worker dignity gets busy <laughs> That's gonna be a slogan in the episode. Working things to get busy. So I really appreciate that, man. And I think you all do a lot of stuff or a lot of actions um, and radical actions that many organizations in, in Nashville just don't do um, and kind of try to be more friendly uh, and don't call out people. And I always like to echo this is it's not we're not mad at individuals a lot of times it's not the person it's yeah. it's just it's a systemic uh perpetuation of harming people that they represent you know it's like like you don't have to be a part of like you can make a a difference as a council person you know or as the mayor or as a police chief or except any per, any any particular person that has decision making power you don't have to go along with with the system that you're employed by has been doing you could change that it can stop with you some of them you know try to make you know the genuine efforts to do that and some of them just kind of go keep rolling with the punches man which is unfortunate but that's why we need organizations like workers Disney and organizers like yourself and others to keep putting that pressure on and, and keep showing community like that is like we all have power you know and power is dynamic and they don't all have to look the same way but we all have it and you just have to recognize it yeah, you have me thinking 
two things. One, um, the comment that you mentioned about how government um, perpetuates the harm. Man, I'm just thinking about uh, about this uh, 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 Andrew Delkey uh, plea deal. You know, uh, it, it, it's, that's massively fucked up. And that's one of the things that I'm 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 really proud to be here. Is is then that he had to go to trial? What? No, not that's even, not even, no trial. accountability wow. whatsoever. Right? Wow. But uh, I am I am proud to 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 be surrounded by by these incredible organizers, black organizers uh, who uh, are fighting that that like. That's I think that's the most like visceral state repression that you can imagine. Right. Right. Like this, right. the 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 state is like literally killing people, and then the people responsible just go like get get away with right, it. Right. Right. And whereas you know like uh, I I want to name it like black communities are disproportionately like disproportionately affected by that. Right, for uh, sure. And, and that's another thing that I really like about us is that we're building a multiracial movement. Right. Where we know that we are oppressed in different ways. Exactly. Uh, but we want to band together. You know, right. it's not like, like my, like, and like another thing is, uh, it's not like my issue is more important or your yeah. issue is more important. Right. It's like we're building power. Right, right. And I'll be honest, that's been difficult because uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, internalized anti-blackness mm -hmm. within the Latinx community. Hey everybody, this is your host and creative Deep Dish Conversation, Jerome Moore. And I know you're enjoying this episode that you're watching currently. Make sure you hit that notification button and hit subscribe so you won't miss any of these amazing episodes. I appreciate y'all. Thank you for all the support and continue watching the episode. I'll holler. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Gonna, was, let's talk about it. Let, like, and because, I, and and I've lived in Costa Rica, I lived in Paraguay, and I've been in other countries in in, in South in Central America. Just you know, stop by, and so you know, I've been in contact with you know, Latinx community that are you know your complexion, and Latinx community has been my complexion, and there's definitely something there, um, but. I'm not directly from or in that community. Mm -hmm. And so it's really not my issue to speak on. Mm -hmm. But I would definitely like for you to break it down to us on that anti-blackness in the Latinx community so people can just be aware and educate and do more research on it. Um, but I like these are the type of conversations like that I, I want us to have on Deep Dish Conversations because I just think a lot of people just don't know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's a lot of unlearning that, that, that we got to do. Because uh, at the end of the day, our futures are tied together. Right. Like, we all need liberation. Like, right. <laughs> none real. of us are free till all of us are free, right? Like, right. I, I really actually think that's true. Um, but we have this legacy of, of colorism where, uh, like, so we had a caste system in Latin America where, like, white people were at the top as usual right because right. of colonialism right then you had um, mixed race people and you had uh, indigenous and, and black people at the bottom 
and, and, and some people, man, you know what's sad? A lot of Latinx people conceptualize themselves as white. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and you know, like that's that's no mistake, right? Um, the government, like the U.S. Census, mm -hmm. cat, uh, like the the category is like white Latino, right? Who I think is white Hispanic, right? What does that even mean? It, you know, <laughs> so so like my people, like a lot of us, like align with with whiteness. When you think like white people give a fuck about us, right. like uh, why? Why do you think that? Is it because of like <clears throat> they understand like or have the perception like white is better, white is you know um, I have more opportunities if I if I you know conceptualize with being white, whether that's physically and or mentally. Um, why do you think that is? Because it's, it's it's the world is crazy, and once you leave the United States, you see a lot of different cultures. Wanting to be whiter or yeah, or just white yeah, supremacy yeah. is is that shit is is deep, man. Is really deep in in like even in China, like where you would think like where everybody pretty much is homogenous anyway. Everybody pretty much looks the same, right? Yeah. It's still, man. They want to be more pale, man. It's 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 crazy, and 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 like we think that I think, um, and I know you obviously been outside the United States, but you know. We think that you know white supremacy is just here a lot of times as Americans because we deal with this black white thing all the time like it's embedded in our culture. Mm -hmm. But then once you leave, you see the effects that just white supremacy has on them to everything. You know, my context is, is uh, Guatemala. Mm -hmm. That's where I was born and raised. The country is majority indigenous, um, and yet. You know, like, I'm not white. Right. But I enjoy white privilege there because of my proximity to whiteness. Mm. Because if you're indigenous or you don't speak Spanish, your poverty uh, rates are double. Wow. Uh, your likelihood of going to college is a fifth of what it otherwise would be. Right. Um, we have 20 million people, and I think we have, like, one or two uh, Congress representatives are indigenous, even though more than half the country is indigenous. Right. So you get tangible material rewards. Right. For trying to approximate whiteness. Right. And you also get a, 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 a an ethnic and, and racial fluidity there, because what people do then, um, there's environmental displacement. There's capitalist displacement. Right. Once you're displaced, you change your clothes. You don't lo lo you no longer wear your Maya outfits. Right. You you start speaking Spanish, and your kids don't speak uh, your indigenous your language. Indigenous language, whether that's Kekchi, uh, Kachikel, or uh, or any other. We have 26 of them, uh, and uh, that comes with a material reward. Right. Right. Uh, so I think when we talk about race, at least in, in, in my context in Guatemala, uh, it's uh, it 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 it, uh, it is embedded in an economic structure. Right. And you know, once we leave because we're displaced, right. Uh, we reproduce that shit here. Right. And um, 
I man, I'm so grateful for for the black community who has a commitment to to stay with us, right. to to move with us, right. and um, I think it's really beautiful uh, that we're trying to have this multiracial movement. Right. Um, even though you know, like my community has shit to unlearn. Right, right. And what are and what are some ways that the Latinx community is helping learn or unlearn some of those things that are that is promoting white supremacy? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, well, one is a uh, uh, political education, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and. and uh, I don't think that that this is this can be done like standing by itself. Right. You just go to people and you're like, let me let me talk to you about this. Mm-hmm. It tends to be not as effective as when you're moving together towards something. Right. So um, definitely political education within our movements, mm-hmm. uh, and, and uh, that's not just workers' dignity. Right. Who's, Who's doing that? I don't want to claim credit, man. Like we gotta do better too. Right. Everyone has to yeah, do better. Yeah, and everybody is growing and trying to do better. Uh, for sure. But uh, uh, <laughs> I, I think uh, uh, the the mixed movements, including X. Yeah. Uh, I, I think they they're developing an, an an analysis of like what it means to be Latinx, that includes that legacy of, mm-hmm. of colorism, of right. of racism, and things that that's. That undoing that mm-hmm. is crucial to our liberation. Right. Um, but yeah, man, and, uh, that's uh, that's where we're at, and I'm I'm excited right. for. And I'm glad y'all addressing that, man, because again, like as somebody who's like who's who's lived, you know, um, outside the United States for a for a significant amount of time. Yeah. Like lived. Um, these are things that. You see, you hear about, you know, uh, um, when I was living in Paraguay, man, and Costa Rica, nobody thought I was American, right? Initially, like, nobody thought I was American. They was like, oh, are you Afro-Brazilian or are you Cuban? Mm-hmm. Or, like, even like even in Costa Rica because they have the Caribbean side. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because of the transatlantic, you know, slave trade, right? We mm-hmm. was all, you know, all the Americas and stuff. Like, so they never, like, seen my, my blackness or just seen me as American, but they always say, oh, you must be from here or some other, you know, Latin uh, community. And which was, which is, which was initially, which was, like, you get one, you get one kind of energy if they think that way, but once they find out, oh, okay, you're, you're a black American. That's a little different, you know, mm. uh, than maybe being a black Cuban or uh, or being from the Costa Rican, like being black Costa Rican from the Caribbean side or being Afro-Brazilian or something like that. So, like, I've always noticed it, witnessed it, you know, but, you know, again, like, I've only, I can only have so much, uh, like, knowledge of it because I, like, I'm, at the end of the day, I'm American. <laughs> at the end of the day, and I can talk and have these conversations, but I don't. I don't. Once they find out I'm American, like I don't really. I don't live, you know, um, that experience of being, mm. you know, a um, black Latino and what comes with that. And so I'm really excited and happy and glad that those conversations are happening here in Nashville, and you all are making people aware and educating people to the best of you all ability so we all can grow and be better and let it know that it's a thing, right? Um, so that's just amazing, man. That's just, that's, that's awesome. Especially with something like, again, like just from my broad experience, like 
I know how important that is. Like, and I know how deep that runs. Um, and for you all to, and for you to, for you personally, just look it in the face and acknowledge it. Like, this is a thing. Like, this is like this is not fake. This is no million. There's a difference between treatment and how some of my own people, my own community, identify as a as a white person. And then even if you don't, they're still like, oh. My indigenous brothers and sisters, our black Latinos, still get treated differently. We need to address that and be in connection and be in power and help them build power so they can also be liberated. Man, is is the the grace of of uh, of uh, the black community uh, and a commitment to move together with us? Because I would have totally understood. It's been a rocky path, right? <laughs> right. Uh, I would have totally understood if they'd been like. Nah, fuck y'all. <laughs> like we're out of here, <laughs> but they're here, you know. And right. uh, and, and I think that's uh, that's really big. There's mm -hmm. also other barriers, uh, not nearly as big, right. but other barriers to multiracial organizing. Right. One of them is is language justice. You know, uh, uh, my people don't speak uh, English. Right. Uh, at least most of them don't. Uh, and, and there's definitely a class difference between someone that, that speaks English and someone that doesn't. Right. Not always, but most of the time. Uh, and so centering language justice and, and the fact that, that we speak many languages uh, has also been... Uh, uh, and we're in the South. And we're in the South. <laughs> and we're in Tennessee. So, you know, we're, you know we're, we're, we haven't been big components like policy wise on like it's always been English first you know yeah, that type of yeah, thing yeah. and so yeah and and I tell you man one of the first things I realized again I went I went so I you know um a lot of you may not know but I was a Peace Corps volunteer and that's when I had my first uh abroad experience right and I uh, lived in Paraguay which is in South mm -hmm. America right below Brazil small country look it up google it it's a hidden gem it's a hidden gem <laughs> But I didn't realize until then how difficult it could be for other immigrants and refugees coming to the United States. Simply just language barrier. Because I went there, I knew hola, como esta, adios. I knew I was novice level, right? And so when I came back, man, one of the first things I, I did was I did like ESL, man. Because I, I had a like real life like experience of like what language barriers could do you could be a doctor but if you can't speak the language you end up being a janitor or you end up being something that is be below your educational level or your ability the skill set that you have just based on language man so that's that's good to hear that there's a, a thing such as language justice man because like i know firsthand and this is no joke <laughs> Um, but I think again, many of us who may not have been exposed to have to experience that as Americans, maybe don't understand maybe how difficult it is, how depressing it can be, but then challenging like just just because I don't know the language, I can't be, I really can't be my full self and use my full skills mm -hmm. that I've been able to garner maybe in my home country or elsewhere. But because I I really just can't speak English, I I have to I have to do something that's maybe less of myself. Um, yeah, like you see it in, um, in organizing, right? You really have to center that, that language justice to be able to ensure that people right. don't miss out on right. a lot of stuff. And that stuff is complicated yeah. by the fact that the Latinx doesn't necessarily mean 
that you speak Spanish. Right. Uh, we have a lot of uh, of construction workers coming from my country, from Guatemala, uh, who are being displaced. Man, that that connection is is uh, also very important. They're being dis displaced because of uh, a combination of climate change and. Uh, and, and capitalism, right. uh, you know, like the, these uh, mining companies and, and uh, African palm uh, plantations mm -hmm. destroying their, their environment. They come here, they don't speak Spanish. They, they speak Kekchi. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, like that's, and, and we don't have, we don't have an interpreter. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's like, but that's like in uh, Paraguay, man, they speak uh, Guarani. Mm -hmm. Right, Maesha Ba Pola Porta, that's kind of what it sounds like. And like they only speak it in Paraguay. And so if you're Paraguayan and it's similar I think to Guatemala, once you get kind of I stayed in the community in Itor Bay where it was kind of like mixture of like urban and countryside. But they, they really enjoyed speaking their indigenous language, right? It is a it's a beautiful language. And so me trying to learn like both languages, like let's let me stick this minute. I know I can use this, right? But like, if, if if the further the countryside you go, right, it's just they they may not know any Spanish. They just want to speak their indigenous Guarani language. So, um, so man, I can definitely understand that. And like, but again, if who, there's not maybe many people that's thinking about that, like uh, immigrants, refugees that's coming over and having an indigenous language, that we probably have fewer in between interpreters that can really you know serve them. So, man. Yeah, that's that's powerful, man. And I hope people that may be watching this, um, if you are, you know, having that barrier, like you could reach out to Jorge or work his dignity and some of the things yeah, that they're doing. Yeah. And we also have uh, next week we having um, uh, Voices de Nashville, Boxes de oh, Nashville. Oh hell yeah! yeah. So we hell have yeah. them, and so it's powerful what they're doing, and the ladies uh, in the Latinx community are doing, trying to like use the language that they have and build power to help other people be Spanish teachers and things like Man, that. Man, I'm so, excited. Yeah. I'm excited for that episode. Being yeah, so being following. Uh, yeah, y'all check that out. You know, that's coming soon. Um, but man, man, this is like I hope y'all getting these gems because you this you can't get this nowhere else, man. <laughs> especially around organizing, I feel like especially when we talk about just language, you know, just like mm -hmm. like, and I think you know one of the best persons to be able to explain it and break it down uh, way better than I could have, um, and you're in that community, man. So I appreciate that. Man, I want to get into some some hot topics here. In Nashville, oh, let's man. do it. Let's do it. Some hot topics here in Nashville. What one of the things, man? I've been, like I said, worker dig, workers digging to be get busy. Uh, that that I've seen you all on, man. Is this with this South Nashville housing tenants, man? Can you talk more about that and kind of what's um, what's what's the progress of it now and what's happening? Uh, is it the mosaic? Mm -hmm, that's uh, right. That's right. Apartment complex. Yeah. And so, um, what's happening with that, man? So. Workers are not just workers, right? They're, mm -hmm. they're whole people. Mm -hmm. And that means they live somewhere. They're embedded in, like, other social structures. And that's maybe, like, I think that's true, but that's theorizing. What really happened, man, was that no one else uh, was uh, was available to, to respond. You know, like, we're all, we're all mad busy, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's, like, a handful of, of organizers trying to build power in this state. Right. And the repression here is massive. But in any case, 
these tenants got um, a call and the management at Mosaic Apartments said and on a Friday they told him you have to be out by Monday or else and uh, you know this this is a, a community that has lived there because you don't need a, a social security number to to live there mm-hmm. and and um, like that's why they live there mm-hmm. that's why they pay like twelve hundred fourteen hundred dollars for these awful apartments that have holes in the wall and no AC uh, but anyway so they uh, they called us up uh, and and what, what we really did I, I can't came, uh, claim credit here I uh, you know I was there to support but really the, the bulk of the work uh, was my my co-workers Cecilia and Julio but they called us up uh, and we just created space mm-hmm. for them uh, to organize 90 families who were being displaced some of them have been living there for 20 years <laughs> and what's scary about this the you gotta go or else is uh, there's been two ice raids there uh, in that mm. same apartment complex in the last 10 years uh, management is always calling the police on tenants like if, if you ask for repairs too much they call the police. Wow. If um, you're trying to talk to management, they call the police. Wow. And, and now the people, you know, like couldn't find anywhere in three days, in three days, on a weekend. Yeah, like who, who can respond that quickly? Like, like even if you have the, the financial <clears throat> means, like finding housing in Nashville is, that's a, that's a feat in the, like that's, that's yeah. like, the Thanos will have a hard time trying to find housing. <laughs> you know I mean? Like I just yeah. it, that, it's crazy. Yeah, no, and uh, what was the reason? It was just like like what was the reason for them to get that notice that they had to be out in three days? It's just Oh man, the the games that 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 these that these bastards played uh are wild. So they get that call uh, it, which is totally illegal too. Right, right. Because, uh, but but the excuse that they gave was that there was some uh, flood damage from a flood that happened in March. Okay. Mind you, this is in May. Right. So it's been months. Yeah, three months. And they're like, yeah. like, oh, it's, it's dangerous for you to live there. Like the building is not, it's uninhabitable. You gotta leave now. That was the initial story. But after the tenants organized and started pushing and pushing and pushing, turns out it was a bunch of lies. Right. First they said, um, oh no, actually, we're going to respect the law. We're going to give you the 14 days that we're supposed to give you. And uh, I think uh, uh, $1,500 for your troubles. Um, They thought it was bullshit. The tenants thought it was bullshit. They kept, they kept pushing, man. Then, uh, then, uh, and this was the management company. And meanwhile, there's like media stories coming out about right. this everywhere. Uh, and then uh, uh, the owners of the of the of the apartment complex, a an investment firm based in Chicago and California, got a hold of this. And so the the founder and president of this company flew to Nashville to have a town hall with the tenants. Uh, and at that town hall, uh, he said, this was a misunderstanding. No one's getting evicted. 
everyone gets to stay, and we're give, and we're gonna give you two months of rent for oh. your troubles. Okay. Um, the tenants had at that point the tenants had organized. They had demands. Right. Because, like this place, man, is like crawling with with uh, rats. Right. With with uh, uh, no AC in the middle right. of the summer. Right. Uh, and you know, where work is dignity. Right. right. It's right. about right. dignity. Right. It's like, right. It's like you have the right to live in like not a shithole. Right. Exactly. You paying twelve, fourteen hundred dollars a month. You uh, damn right. Yeah. Uh, and, and man, the the tenants were like kept pushing for those demands. Right. And, and they're still fighting for that. But but it's it's been a pretty big win. That's good. Uh, you know, like from like three days, you gotta leave to you don't have to leave. You have two months free True. rent. Right. And now, uh, fighting that the, they they're saying that they're gonna like replace the ACs. Right. If if they don't, then the tenants will keep organizing. Yeah, yeah, you gotta keep applying that pressure. <laughs> yeah, man, that's awesome, man. Uh, but but the idea of this, um, we were first moved, but because. I don't give a shit who's a worker, who's not a worker. Those right. are people, right? Right, exactly. Uh, but uh, so these are natural neighbors. But we started thinking, uh, yo, seventy percent of of these of these tenants are construction workers. Right. Um, they're the ones building this city. Right. And then they're getting pushed out of it. Right. In like the worst ways possible. Right. Uh. So we're we're trying to, you know, because we don't have a lot of staff. Right. Uh, um, it, it's really, uh, um, yeah, we don't have a lot of staff. We're doing a lot of stuff. Right. I'd love to talk to you about the participatory democracy pro, uh, project that the Black National Assembly is doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing yeah. some cool shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, like, and then I'm like over here, like. Doing the 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 workers' nights mm-hmm. with, with wage theft and all of that, and then we have our co-director Cecilia and uh, and uh, uh, and the other construction organizer Julio, and and, uh, and then we have the Black National Assembly who right now is uh, Erica okay. and mm-hmm. Maxine, mm-hmm. and then we have our admin people, and that's it. So Man. we're uh, make sure y'all support workers Disney. Yeah, yeah, please, yeah please do. Support. Please Don't do. Do whatever y'all can do. <laughs> So right now we're trying to figure out how we're going to put forth that that vision mm-hmm. of of yo tenants mm-hmm. and the construction industry both sides of the same coin right and, and really how like the fight for our city right because if our people are not here anymore man what's the point of organizing right. in Nashville exactly uh, and yeah I mean, and, and it is it is it is black people it's indigenous people and Latinx people right. are getting run out of this town that's a fact that's a fact man I got we gotta get the black assembly on here I'm about to make a call oh please uh, do please do <laughs> get a real round table going on man um to, to finish up Jorge man because we could talk all day man. yeah we seriously talk all day, but I, I wanna I wanna leave the I wanna leave the space for you to Man, anything else you want to say to to the people that's watching, man, um, about how they can either continue to support work they need or just this information that, that's going on within the immigrant, refugee, Latinx community that they need to be that they should be aware of, and you know, and just speak to the speak to the people, man. Yeah, 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 for sure, uh, man. What I want to drive home is. 
we're all the working class. If you work for a living, you're working class. Mm -hmm. and, and you have a space at Workers' Dignity. Uh, so our, the members of Workers' Dignity are people who are part of our campaigns. Uh, people who are construction workers, uh, people who are black are building political power. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're not a member, and by the way, I'm not a member. I'm not a construction worker. And I'm not black. Right. Uh, you still have a home here mm -hmm. because this is a working class movement. Right. And, and, and we have a, a structure. We don't have volunteers. Right. We have compas, which means comrades in mm -hmm. Spanish. And, and uh, a lot, a lot of our infrastructure is supported by people who are not members of our campaigns, who are working class, who uh, who believe mm -hmm. that 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 uh, like our, our liberation, collective right. liberation, is tied together. So it doesn't matter if you're a construction worker or not. Uh, it, it, it doesn't matter as long as you're working class. You have a space here where you can grow, where you can learn how to organize, where uh, you can be deeply embedded in the work, because mm -hmm. there's more work right. than there are people doing it. <laughs> right. Uh, and so, yeah, just just hit us up. Hit us up. Like, how if, can, if you how, feel moved. How can people get in, in touch with you? It might be somebody that's watching this that may, you know, want to invite you to speak more about some of the things that, you did, that you're building. Um, I know you're in law school, too, right? Said, I'm about to start. Yeah, I'm about to start. Yeah, yeah. So get him before he gets extra busy. So <laughs> how, can, how can people reach you uh, yeah. via Instagram, Twitter, or? Yeah, man, totally. I, I uh, I'm young, but I'm an old soul, so I, <laughs> I use Facebook a lot. <laughs> what's your What's your Facebook? How can they find? How can uh, they find yeah, it? yeah. I'm the only uh, Jorge Salas Diaz. There. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> you just type my name, you'll find uh, me. <laughs> man, look, Jorge, man, I appreciate your time, man. Uh, gracias amigo for a simple uh, for all your time man and just man like yeah man, I appreciate all the work that you're doing for for the entire national community man and especially for the Latinx community man oh gracias a ti Jerome oh man I hope you enjoyed the pizza man oh, that was so good it was so good you were so right though I couldn't have finished that <laughs> alright well look we appreciate y'all for tuning in to another episode of Deep Dish Conversations Keep checking us out, subscribe, and all that good stuff. And uh, Jorge, man, appreciate it, man. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. For sure, for and sure. And for the pizza. Oh, yeah. That's why people come, and they come for the pizza. They don't really come to They don't really come for me. They come for the pizza. But all right, man, I appreciate it, man. That's a wrap. <laughs>